Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you for listening today. I'm Tyler, and I'm joined as always by Jamie. Jamie, it's great to see you. How are you? Hey, Tyler. I am doing very good. Yeah, it's good to be with you, and it's good to be with Andy, who is also here. Andy, how you doing? Doing well. Good to see both of you here, and thank you again to everybody who are listening right now. We are in week two of the year 2021, so you've made it through a first full week of a new year. <laughs> we did it. We did. Hopefully. We did it. Well, hopefully by now we're not hoping. Hopefully you're here. Yeah, hopefully by now you're not going, oh, I can't wait for 2022. I hope that we got that under control. Oh, goodness. But we got a great, great uh, program for everybody today as, you know, 2020 was an interesting year. It was a tough year, not just with things COVID, not just with the election, but also a lot of racial tension in our country. And quite frankly, within our own city here in the Triangle and Raleigh and Durham and Chapel Hill and, and other areas around here. And so we thought it'd be great to interview Dr. Tony Jones, who is part of Crossroads Fellowship's Oneness Embrace Ministry, uh, a ministry that is geared towards really, truly reaching out and having those difficult conversations. Yeah, and we sure did. It was a great conversation with Tony. So let's hear a word from our sponsor, and then we will jump into our interview with Tony Jones. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question, are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's c3advantage.net. All right. Well, we are back from the break with a very, very special guest that is good friends with us here at Crossroads Fellowship, part of our church and part of an incredible ministry, Mr. Tony Jones. Thank you so much for being on the program today, sir. Hey, thanks for having us. Absolutely. And happy new year to you, by the way. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah. Thank God we made it through uh, 2019. <laughs> we have. We have. We uh, we, we were talking on our, on our last week's program. We were talking about uh, what people are hopeful for with the new year. So let me spring a, an impromptu question on you, sir. What, what are you hopeful for for 2021 here? I'm hoping to be more focused and on purpose and Embrace my time together with those who I love the most. Oh, that's a good one. That's really good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler just asked for more money. That's good. Yeah, I was going to say, that was, <laughs> that was a, better than ours. That was better, that was better than ours. If you embrace our, them, Tyler, you'll yeah. get more money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, Tony, you are uh, a dear brother to us here at Crossroads Fellowship. And for those of you that are listening, the Crossroads Connection is stemmed out of Crossroads Fellowship. And one of probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest and most difficult, most blessing and most frustrating ministries we probably have is oneness ministry. <laughs> and so today I thought as we kick into a new year uh, with this last year that we had, uh, I thought it would be a great opportunity just to talk with you about that particular ministry. So before we get to that, though, let's just learn a little bit about Tony Jones. So Tony, where are you from? How'd you end up here in Raleigh? And, uh, and then how'd you end up at Crossroads? 
Well, I'm originally from, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, but I was raised in Wilson, North Carolina, because that's where my mother took me. So you went and from Brooklyn to Wilson. Wilson to Brooklyn from Wilson. My wife, my mother, actually, her, her family lived in Wilson. Wow. She happened to live for a stint and, and spent some time in New York, stayed for a few years in New York, and that's where I was born. And then she decided to, to migrate back down south and came back to Wilson. And uh, so I grew up most of my life there. Uh, but I think I've now been in Raleigh longer than I, I was in Wilson because of, of the, the woman that I was blessed to marry. Uh, we moved to Raleigh uh, because of the job market and opportunities. And we've been here uh, ever since then. Yeah, it's a great place to come and settle, right? I and mean, we've been yes, here going on 16 years now. And uh, same thing, our kids grew up here. And I tell, I tell people often, because I'm from the other side of New York, from the Niagara Falls side, I always tell people that if God wants me to go back north, God himself physically needs to come and help me pack and move my house. Otherwise, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe that he's telling me to go back up there. And I know we got a lot of people listening now that are also some transplants from the north down, down here. And January here, way better than January in New York. So we're glad to be here. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Tony, how did you find Crossroads Fellowship, our church? Uh, well, I when I was pastoring, uh, we used to be a part. I think you were as well. You used to come along to the pastor's prayer summit. So, yep. uh, so I met some, some leaders there, Doug Gamble, uh, Anthony Thomas. Uh, so during that time, I was very familiar with, but we became more familiar with Crossroads at, you know, at that time, even while I was both, uh, a church plant pastor and itinerant minister and doing various, um, roles and responsibilities until it came to a season where my wife and I said, it's time for us to be planted in a place where we can grow as a couple more so than just being ministry assigned. And uh, through prayer and through time, uh, Crossroads was the place that God led us to. Yeah, well, we are grateful that he did. And it wasn't too long before you got plugged in you know, pretty pretty quickly and and are, are leading and, and being a very big part of one of our biggest ministries uh, that are so very important called the Oneness Ministry. So give us a little background, Tony, to the formation of Oneness Ministry and what it is. So I know a lot of people are, are listening going, okay, Oneness Ministry, that could be a lot of different things. And so what's kind of that vision and mission behind the Oneness Ministry and how did that form? Well, how the ministry actually formed, and I wasn't a part of that groundbreaking, I think it actually, uh, in its early sense, infancy stage, uh, got birth, or embryonic stage, got birth through the women's ministry. Mm. There was some uh, incidents that had happened that wasn't very healthy and because of us being a, a culturally diverse ch- church. And, and through that spawned a, a greater need and a greater call, I would say, um, that God rose and made us aware of uh, for him that he wanted us to begin to look at how we are engaging with each other as believers uh, socially, but definitely as believers. And so through that birth, we realized that there was an opportunity there. Pastor Doug Gamble had formed a uh, task force team to see how we could integrate and begin to provide opportunities to address this issue and better deal with it and grow our understanding and all of that. And, and so he asked me to be the lead of this ministry. So what, what oneness uh, is about, and it just so happened, well, I'll come back to that, that, um, well, I go ahead and say that, that 
around that time that we were really uh, begin growing strong and developing, Dr. Evans came out with a book called Oneness Embrace. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the various racial issues and, and the approach from a biblical perspective. So his book and his uh, and his, his videos became a part of us creating a curriculum and become also, I would say, the fiber of our focus for the ministry to begin to address, you know, the church diversity inclusion, unity of oneness, and not sameness, mm-hmm. which there is a difference within our church. So so we stand, our, our vision statement is we stand in God's vision to of being a multicultural community where every person is valued because they are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Too often there are, even with, especially within multicultural, multiracial, multicultural churches, there are members who actually feel invisible because they're not recognized, celebrated, and embraced because they are not as the, the sameness of what they've yeah. come into. So yeah. we at Crossroads are trying to really face this issue head on. There are many obstacles there, but about four years now, the ministry has yep. been going about through various yep. efforts and opportunities for people to engage, uh, to plug in, to learn, and to grow and experience. And we thank you for the opportunity as our senior pastors to support us and give us that space and that effort. Yeah. Yeah. And what, you, what you're referring to, you know, I, it, it's no accident. Four years ago was another election year, four years ago. And part of, part of it, not the full picture of it, but part of what created hurt and, um, you know, a little anxiousness and worry and potential divisiveness was the election season. And that one four years ago seemed to ramp up and pull out uh, a lot of hurts and and a lot of pain, uh, a lot of good intended conversations that were not well received and vice versa. And so part of that stirred into, well, then we we need a place, a safe place to start having these conversations. Women's ministry was one of the first ones that that entered into. And, you know, historically, Crossroads, for people who are listening that might not be aware, Crossroads is about 30 years old. And early on, if you talk to the people that helped form Crossroads, we've got several that are still on our staff that were here 30 years ago. They would tell you that they remember having conversations 20 plus years ago in the parking lot where the church used to meet going, hey, we, we, we need to start praying that this church becomes a beautiful picture of our city, uh, not just uh, a church for just one particular people group, but for the picture of the city. And it's taken years and decades, even just to get us to this point now, to where you know now we're still walking in, as you said, kind of that multicultural, uh, multiracial uh, uh, spirit and atmosphere, which is beautiful, but it also does open up for a lot of conversations. And again, this election season now brings up a whole lot more conversations, but also this last year, let's just, let's just look at the year 2020. It's crazy that we can say that now this last year, last year, 2020, not only was an election year, not only was a year of COVID, but also a lot of racial tension in our country, Uh, a lot of unneeded deaths, a lot of uh, ugliness that we saw, uh, a lot of pain, uh, a lot of hurt, but then also a lot of conversations, which is not necessarily a bad thing to have conversations. And so for us as a church to have you and your team and volunteers in a oneness ministry, Tony, can you can you paint the picture of the type of conversations that were had in 2020 in that oneness embraced setting where maybe otherwise wouldn't be happening somewhere? I think that um, 
some of the conversations, uh, a lot of the conversation happened around understanding the issue or why are people of color um, so upset? Uh, what's the history that's involved? The trauma and the impact that it has, not only on the present day individual, but individ- their children and their 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 grandchildren or their you know parents before. Uh, is there much of a difference between the cry of 60 years ago for uh, justice and fairness and to be embraced you know, 60 years ago than it is today? Um, a lot of conversations have been happening from non-people of color is, you know, what, what is a big uproar? You know, is it just a thing? Uh, you know, well, am I responsible for it? Because um, my my family didn't have slaves, right. you know. So is it fair to call me uh, privileged? You know. So we really explored those terminology, various terminologies, so people can understand what it is and understand why it is. But I think most importantly, we talked about why is it that we as believers should be concerned about it, should care about it, and why we should be modeling a different response mm. than the world is. Yeah. I love that because, you know, I think I think society as a whole this last year got hung up on terminologies. Uh, they got hung up on white privilege or Black Lives Matter or racism or privilege, you know, or systemic racism. And I think I think people got hung up on terminologies and never really got to the why behind it and how do we actually have conversations. And for the church, how do we actually model that? You know, how do we actually model having a difficult conversation that maybe you're very, very uncomfortable with, but you go into it with respect and love for your brother or sister that you're talking to because, hey, we might be very different, but we have one Lord, one Savior, one Spirit. We're supposed to have one mind and one heart, as Scripture says, and we find often that that's not the case because people have all these pent-up and built-up things. And so, uh, Tony, one of the things that you and I walked through early on, I guess it was early summer, uh, was an acronym that I actually still use to this day. In fact, I actually helped a, uh, a company recently kind of walk through a diversity, equity, and inclusion using AWAKE, using AWAKE. Uh, Tony, for those listening, it, I, I think the AWAKE acronym is a very good just first initial concept in people's heads of how they can actually start navigating towards whether it's understanding or conversations, would you mind at a at a high level just kind of walk through that awake that awake uh, acronym that you all been using? Yes, thank you. Um, awake we is an acronym that re- that stands for the A is for acknowledge that in and this is about acknowledging that injustice exists. You know, understanding the foundations, understanding the culpability, um, uh, but also when it goes to the W, the walk is challenging people to walk into spaces where you can learn what you think you know and what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that walking, you begin to also understand and learn about your unconscious biases. You know, these are your blind right. spots, you know. Um, then we go into uh, active, actively, actively discussing it with family, with friends, with minorities, you know, in persistent conversations, conversations, not confrontations, 
you know, being, and that needs to happen on a persistent and regular basis. And too often, sometimes we do have more confrontation than we do have conversations, mm-hmm. which cripples our ability to learn. That's really good. Yeah. yeah that terminology so, is really good. Yeah. And so we get into kindred is the K, you know, kindred is where we talk about practicing and showing empathy and compassion, you know, treating someone like a family member that has had something to happen to them, maybe that you never experienced before, but you're able to be able to sit with them and show them love and show compassion. And too often, we're not good about doing that. We haven't been good about as a culture doing that. And lastly, we talk about engaging, you know, engaging after you've gone through this process, of course, because too often what people try to do is engage before they go to the point of even acknowledging and walking and all of that. But engaging is is finding the areas to join in in efforts to demonstrate God's love for everyone, whether you understand their experience or not. Yeah. You know, there are various opportunities to do that. It takes commitment. It really takes personal commitment to do that. So that's in short, the acknowledge, the walk, to act, actively discuss, to show kindred love and empathy and to engage. Now, that's really yeah. the essence around what the AWAKE acronym is, is about that we, we're using. Yeah, I, I felt it was very, very helpful in conversations. So for me to be able to talk to somebody through that and that first step of having acknowledgement that there is a problem. You know, I've been, I've honestly been amazed. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be by this point, but I was amazed, especially in 2020, how many people didn't even think there was a problem. And if there was a problem, it wasn't their problem. Yeah. And it was pretty amazing because I remember using this phrase a lot. Just because you acknowledge racism doesn't mean you're a racist. Right. And I think that that helps so many people. In fact, maybe people who listen now, you might be listening to this program now going, oh, my goodness, here we go again. We're going to talk about it again. Are we over this? It's 2021. Election's done. We moved on. There's not been any, no cities have burned last last couple of weeks. So let's just move on. But that's, you know, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of fear in people that if I acknowledge it, then that means that I am racist, but that's not the case. But if you do acknowledge it, it also means that there's a responsibility. So yeah, we have to look at the mm-hmm. distinctive difference between peop- how people of the world respond to it and view it than people of God. Mm-hmm. Our more egregious mm-hmm. offense comes from those whom we are sitting at the table, as Jesus said. My offense comes from those who are sitting right here eating with me and dipping mm-hmm. the bread. And, and so that's where it becomes really the most critical point for us as believers is understanding, you know, why this is so important. Why, why is it this important issue? And, and does God really care about it? And right. so, you know, God, this honors God. And it reflects to the world what matters to him. And what matters to him should matter to us. You know, as I share with you many times, our base scriptures, John 13 and 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you show love to one another. Right. And so what yep. the world sees when they don't see us through our actions, but only through our words saying we love each other, but not treating each other with that same kind of love, that becomes a perspective that they understand and say, well, God doesn't care about me because I don't look like them. Right. Yeah, and I love how you keep coming back. I think it's about the third or fourth time I heard you say it just in the last 15 something minutes of, you know, the church and the Christian's response should be marked differently than what the world is trying to do. And let's yeah. look at the world. I mean, go to the world. They don't have the answer. It's not and if well they have an answer, but it's not working, right? right. I mean, it's getting right. worse and worse and worse, and if the church does not model 
how to have reconciliation, how to have healthy conversations, how to model oneness and, and embrace that truly, then who else is going to model that? So, Tony, you've been yeah. working with that group for a, a few years now, and I'm sure that you've, ha- you've had some probably some great moments where you look back and go, this is, the, this is why. What, what's your why, Tony? When you, when you look back, is there a story or two or a testimony or two where you're like, this is why we have oneness embrace and why these conversations are so important that you can share? My why or our why? <laughs> <laughs> Not the YMC. <laughs> That's right. But my my why my why it really just goes back to what I just said is because it matters to God. Yeah. You know it's it's we talked about why people have such an offense saying Black Lives Matter. You know, uh, and not the organization, but the but the right. accurate slogan right. is what we're talking about. And and it should there is attention that should be put on whatever life at that time is more at crisis. If, if a woman's in the emergency room and that baby's in a crisis right now, all baby lives matter. You know, the tension is being put on that baby. At the, it doesn't mean that your life doesn't matter. It's that that child lives matter. And so our, our why is because at the end of the day, we do want to be who God is calling us to be and reflect his love for everyone. We, it is impossible. And we'll keep, we're lying to ourselves and being hypocritical when we say we love God, but we don't love the people that God created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or we just love the people that are like us or the ones that are easy to love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's kind of easy to love people who are, who are similar and who are just really easy. But then when you have to get down into the pain and to the, the struggles that we all have, that's where it gets yeah. a little rough. So Tony, as people are listening, they might be thinking, Hey, that I, I think I want to know a little bit more about, oneness or oneness embrace what where can they go to get more information uh, i know that we have a toolkit that uh, i found to be very helpful so if you want to talk a little bit about that and some of the resources as we uh, as we wrap up and i i can't believe like time goes so quickly on this program so uh so yeah. tony in, in kind of closing remarks if you can kind of point people towards some resources that will help that would be wonderful yeah. Let me close with uh, with the point to the resources and give a very short story. Um, so you, if you want to learn more about oneness uh, at Crossroads Fellowship, go to Crossroads Fellowship website and just type in the word oneness. Yep. And it would bring you to the page for, for the oneness ministry within Crossroads. And it would int- give you information regarding class opportunities, uh, virtual or in classroom if we were meeting at that time, topics that we're discussing. There are book clubs for those who are readers who want to be a part of a book club. Those who like to have discussions after watching documentaries, there are documentaries on various level. Uh, if you're trying to figure out how do I have this conversation with my child, we are so excited that we have a resource for, for children as well that you can use to help your child understand this process and why Excellent. there's so much tension in our country. Uh, and this is really something that that we are seeing expand and broaden. I think that more faith institutions, churches need to uh, really embrace this process because you can truly see more of the power of God really flow and see men and women come to the Lord by seeing how much God cares about them. I'll close with this story. Uh, during the time of the Amman Aubrey and George Floyd's uh, death murders, um, our class was in the middle of a session uh, called Trauma, and we're talking about the in- what trauma is and impacts of that. 
But our meeting that was um, Virginia Hill, who's also a member of our, of our ministry and a, and a of the church rather than a licensed counselor, she stopped the regular programming, if I could say, and allowed people an opportunity to share their thought, their heart, their thoughts, and how their heart broke. And many broke out, many shared, and we wept together. These are black and white and uh, Latino and, and, and Italian, you know, various uh, uh, participants that were on this call and how we were able to display, were able to see displayed what God intends, where the body of Christ doesn't matter what you look like, but they sat with each other. They listened with each other. They cried with each other. And we prayed with each other. Mm. That is the true impact that we envision, but that took some work to get to that point where we could be safe, where we could be vulnerable, where we could be transparent so that we can really embrace and, and do that. And so I strongly encourage even uh, pastoral leaders um, to really take on diversity, inclusion, and uh, and social justice as a part of your multicultural congregation. And you don't have to do that alone. There are many trained individuals and organizations that are skilled to really help you develop, be intentional about looking not only at your structure and your blind spots within your, your, your fellowship, but also make those appropriate adjustments so that those who are impacted by this are not suffering in silence. Yeah. Well said, Tony. And Tony, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you thank for you, thank you for your investment in in the people of not just Crossroads, but of the Triangle with the Oneness Embrace and for your leadership and and your heart and your your ability to have difficult conversations in a way that make people feel loved and appreciated. So really appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much for all you do and thank you to all the leaders and everybody. And as Tony said, if you want more information about the Oneness Ministry, you can go to crossroads.org slash oneness and you'll find out all the information you need there. Tony, appreciate you and look forward to seeing what God's going to do in this new year, 2021. (laughs) Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.